It is the eve of the Big Ten opener, Buckeyes at Indiana. Saturday, noon kick on Fox, OSU. Uh, you know how it's gone on the road at times in the past, Purdue and Iowa. I don't expect that to happen this time, although oddly, oddly, Chris, Indiana games have been much closer in the Urban Meyer era than you would think looking at the talent on both rosters. Yeah, you would, right? Kevin Wilson was a... <laughs> I guess the the villain in that situation. Yeah, it's and, continued since him, though. I mean, yes. he was there in 2015 when Ohio State with Zeke Elliott and Joey Bosa and a great team from the championship the year before went over to Indiana and only won by a touchdown. Uh, one year, uh, uh, we're over there one by one, 52 to 51. Uh, they led in the third quarter at Ohio Stadium. Well, I guarantee you there's ago. not 51 points going up on the board from Indiana against you this love, Ohio State defense. love the Ohio State defense. So far. Yeah, yeah you I, do. I, you can only make judgments on what you see so far. Here's any another... hesitance that maybe we're, because I'm not going to say that I'm not there too, but any hesitancy that we're overvaluing at FAU in Cincinnati? Oh, sure, but right now, talent is talent. How many how many NFL guys do you think are on that defense right now? Um, If you go all, I, I would say I'm not gonna, uh, I, double digits. I, I was going to say eight just because I'm trying to be no, conservative. No, that, that, that's eight out of 11. I'm talking yeah. about everybody that plays in the future. Oh, yeah, I would say. So how 10. many how many are in Indiana's uh, offense? On Indiana's offense. Two? I'm assuming one, one of their linemen can play so in the NFL. I guess yeah. my point. Maybe is, Stevie Scott? Sure, you can overrate it. It's a team game, but talent is talent. And a guy that's shown me talent and I think is going to be a factor I tweeted this last week uh, during the game, and a guy that's going to earn more carries, and it's going to be a factor, is Master Teague. He looks more comfortable. He's running people over. He plays with a chip on his shoulder. He plays nasty, and he's going to be a factor as we progress into the Big Ten season. Now, J.K. Dobbins may not like that, but J.K. Dobbins is going to be fresher as we go down and progress throughout the schedule. When you have two guys that you can pound like that, it's such an advantage for the offense. And the other thing, when you have a runner like Master Teague, mm -hmm. that fires up the offensive line. And by the way, the offensive line, who had some question marks coming in, is getting better and gelling and playing pretty darn well together. The key for Ohio State to progress throughout the uh, Big Ten schedule, the key for any NFL team, is you can keep your best five on that offensive line healthy Throughout the year, I don't see anything slowing this Ohio State offense down. It's interesting. They're a little hesitant to embrace Master Teague's emergence. Uh, they say, oh, he's hurt in camp and he's coming, but la la. And Brian Day went out of his way on Tuesday to say, J.K. Dobbins our number one back. J.K. is our number one back. Uh, defensively, though, they're not as hesitant. They were talking about a lot of guys who played a lot of snaps last year have not played a lot of snaps so far this year, at least all of them. One of them, Brendan White. We thought Brendan White would play a lot of snaps. They say that is because the things that FAU and Cincinnati did mm -hmm. were not tailored to where they needed Brendan White on the field, but that other teams may do things. You'll see Brendan White getting more snaps. And Brendan came out, and he was like, I don't care. I want to win. Yeah. Perfect answer from Brendan White. Perfect. I don't know if he's inside. I mean, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm, I'm sure a pretty good judge of guys well, when they're BSing, and he was, I, no, seemed pretty I'm genuine. sure he means that, but you know, he's a human being it's too. Only two he games wants too. He it's wants ten games. It's different. He wants to be on the field. Sure, of course. And I'm sure the coaches, and that's not a disappointing answer. Okay, I know he wants to win, 
but he also wants to be on the field. So you can ha- there can be two truths to that, right? Yeah. I mean, so look, he's that's the bullet position. Okay, so it's a hybrid between a safety and a linebacker. He splits his practice time between linebackers and safeties. As we progress into the Big Ten season, they're going to play many teams where the bullet position will be more important than a pure linebacker position, and Brendan White then will get more playing time. And you know what? Ryan can – everybody gets a J.K. Dobbins. I get it. And I, I don't know why he's pumping the brakes on Master Teague. I just know what my eyes see, and my eyes don't lie to me. The guy can run the football and can be a plus and a benefit for this offense moving forward. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they get into a situation late in the year where Master Teague becomes their third and one back. Why wouldn't he? <laughs> so far. He looks good yes. so far. All right. Uh, there's nothing uh, with uh, the Bengals that ultimately is good, given the fact that they lost their game in Seattle, but they came out of it pretty happy. You have the Bengals this week against the San Francisco 49ers, Sunday 1 o'clock at Paul Brown Stadium. Uh, what will the Bengals have to do this week that they didn't do last week in order to get to 1-1? One and one? Well, we said this on our Wednesday podcast when you get in the red zone, you have to come away with some points. You're an NFL team. 0 for 3 in the third quarter cost the Bengals, in my opinion, the game. Some positives that come out of it. Carlos Dunlap looks like he found the fountain of youth. Mm-hmm. The 10-year veteran from Florida, he played with great passion and great energy. Uh, their interior defense lineman, Geno Atkins, of course, is the star. But you have Billings in there. You have Glasgow in there. These guys are ballers, and they'll fight you to tooth and nail. Preston Brown, who came over from Buffalo, linebacker that originally was drafted out of Louisville. Very smart, very instinctive. Nick Vigil, good player. Sam Hubbard, 10 tackles and two sacks. Yeah, that was, uh, Zach Taylor said, the least surprising aspect of the Seahawks game was that Sam Hubbard played great. Yeah, interesting. I know uh, you know this, but many people don't know this story. Sam Hubbard was a lacrosse player at Cincinnati Moeller. Mm Mm-hmm. Urban Meyer was down there looking at some guys, and he's watching in gym class a dodgeball game. And the coach says to him, I want you to look at my safety. And Urban says, yeah, whatever. Okay, he walks out. They're walking out, and there's a dodgeball game going on in the the gym class. And Urban looks at this guy and says, who's that? And the coach says, that's the safety I'm talking about. And that was Sam Hubbard. So Urban found him watching a dodgeball class. Nice. I know you know that story, but not many people know that story yeah. of uh, what type of athlete he was. And How many Ur- guys go safety in high school to defensive linemen in the NFL? Not many, but he's about 260 pounds, and his motor is off the charts. Uh, I loved how he played. He's in tremendous condition. It's very difficult to play defensive line and play a full game in the NFL because a lot of people are going up-tempo, they're throwing the ball a lot, right? And so it's it's difficult, but I was so happy to see him play well if you're an Ohio State fan. He's a guy to watch this weekend. I, I loved watching him play. Uh, Niners were in Tampa. They won. They decided to practice this week in Youngstown, which if you don't know, the Niners, the DeBartolo family, the whole thing. It's a York family out there, too. Yeah. York, so, yeah. And that's a daughter or daughter-in-law yeah. or something. So there's Youngstown's ties to the Niners. Uh, as a player, would you have wanted to go yes. home? No. You would have wanted to go to Youngstown? No, it's hard. All it's hard, yeah. And I, I should have th- known the answer. <laughs> well, I think, too, you know, the, the York family who owns the uh, 49ers, mm-hmm have a lot of ties in Youngstown and so they're doing a lot of charitable work up there community service which I think is awesome 
for an NFL to do. So the 49ers to do some work in the state of Ohio and especially a place like Youngstown, which is dear to my heart. My wife, Carrie, is from Youngstown. I've been there many times. It's really cool. And it's really cool to have an NFL team hanging out in your city and going to watch practice and all that good stuff. So I think it's a good move. Uh, I don't know if the players like it. You ask me. I like it. I think it's awesome. Plus, it's Youngstown. What's Where do they stay in Youngstown? Probably uh, Canfield, which is a nice suburb of Youngstown. I think they're Youngstown. staying in the dorms at the YSU? No. President Tressel cleared a spot for him. I don't think they're staying in the dorms, but I think it's really cool that they're there. Bo Pelini got a big place. They can Bo's probably trying to suit Bo's a couple play. guys up for the Quins. <laughs> Bo's, Bo's sneaking up a <laughs> few Quins. guys on a practice squad so he yeah. can uh, get them out there for the Penguins. Uh, Browns, all right. Uh, the stats are very scary for any NFL team that drop to, drops to 0-2. Mm. I don't know that the Jets have designs on a playoff berth, but the Browns certainly do. They play Monday night. There are all kinds of storylines with this one that before the Browns got housed by the Titans and had 18 penalties would have been a Sam Darnold versus Baker Mayfield thing because the Browns could have taken Darnold and they took Mayfield. Now I think that's a secondary storyline. Jets blew a game in the opener. 17-16 they lost. So it's Sam Darnold, Le'Veon Bell, and the Jets against the Cleveland Browns. And you said on Monday that loss to the Titans could turn out to be the absolute best thing that happened to the Cleveland Browns because it would focus them. Well, I, I think it's a big opportunity for Baker Mayfield, OBJ, and Joku, and Jarvis Landry because the Jets are hurting in the secondary. They're not very good in the back end. And so this is something that the Cleveland Browns can exploit. Also, the Jets picked up a pretty good linebacker in free agency, a Pro Bowl player by the name of C.J. Mosley. C.J. Mosley had a pick, and when he went out of the game, he's injured. I don't think he's playing this week. The Jets' defense kind of uh, fell apart. It's a home game. It's a Monday night game, so you're going to get their best shot. Uh, but it's an it's opportunity for the Browns. If they can somehow come together as uh, one team as opposed to 22 individuals or 53 individuals, only time answers that question. But again, we have the continued dis- distraction of the defiant Odell Beckham Jr. It's a watch party, For baby. wearing a watch. Watch party. You, I know a lot of people think that, uh, well, that's cool. He's shown his individualism. You know, I'm so sick of that individualism. That's not cool anymore. It's so tired. That act is so tired nowadays. You know, the cool thing is if a superstar can put his selfish beast inside of him dead for one night and say, it's not the watch isn't important enough for me to be a distraction to my team. And it's going to be a distraction because he's defiant. I'm going to continue to wear it. And so people are going to continue to ask it. He's going back to New York. He's not going to go low key on his return to New York. You know, and and it does it, it. Guess what too? You know, it doesn't matter if he goes off in New York, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to me. What it matters is what the mindset of what Odell Beckham Jr.'s thought process is, and that is, I am going to continue to build my brand. I'll wear a watch and I'll shove it in your face, NFL. That's what I'll do. It's a joke, man. Uh, they talk it's about such a joke. They talk about Baker Mayfield getting Cleveland. Um, I'm not sure you get. Cleveland, when you wear a watch that costs more than a lot of people who are Browns fans have paid for their houses. Yeah. Well, you know, I, if, if guess what? If you produce and you win, 
Cleveland gets you. That's true. If you're horrible and you lose, Cleveland doesn't get you. Uh, we talked a lot about the penalties. We talked uh, a lot about the fact that they, you know, had three interceptions in the fourth quarter. Uh, defensively, though, they must have a lot of issues to correct, given the fact that the Titans rang up 43 points, 36 of them offensively. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, football's a humbling game. I expect the defense to play better. They they have too good of players not to be better than they, than they were on Sunday against the Titans. And here, I know this, Bruce, in the NFL, because I've seen it weekly, and this is why I love doing it. You can go do a game, and you can watch a team play, and you say to yourself, that's got to be the worst NFL team I've, I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Then you can go back to that same stadium, watch that team play, and it's a total different team. In 1991, we got beat by the Washington Redskins 45 to nothing. Yes. We ended up 12 and 4 in the opener. Yeah, in the opener, end up 12 and 4 in the NFC Championship game and got beat 41 to 10. So we we did improve against the Washington Redskins that year. Dramatically. But all I'm saying it's the NFL team. So don't be fooled that you think you're going to get the same thing week in and week out from individual units. That's where I think people make mistakes, and that's why football is such a humbling game, and that's why the NFL is so hard to predict the outcome. Uh, Maybe we will see a different Michigan team this week. Uh, Last week against Army, we all know what happened or what almost happened. Uh, Michigan uh, won that football game by forcing a fumble in double overtime, and the ball spiels from that fumble showed up on the dais at the post-game press conference. I tweeted to Angelique Shangelis of the Detroit News, who put a picture out of that. I said, we can debate whether this is right or wrong, but I can tell you that would never happen at Ohio State. If they escaped against a team like that, they would not bring a memento of the escape to the post-game. Now, in the aftermath of that, I received a text message from uh, an anonymous NFL scout who said, That was the one aspect of Urban's program that he uh, took issue with, was that they were so carnivorous in uh, striving for the prize of a national title or a Big Ten title. Tell the people what carnivorous means. uh, Just (laughs) all-consuming. Okay. (laughs) That they would not celebrate small wins. And he said, you invest so much in winning each week that he did not have a problem with the football on the dais at Michigan. Do you have a problem with the football on the dais at Michigan after a win in overtime, double overtime over Army? So I get both sides of the story. I understand why you celebrate that, but that's not how I was raised, and I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. I learned a very valuable lesson in 1973, seven years old. I'm in the locker room of the Canton Tipkin Trojans who beat Gilmore Academy, which I believe Gilmore Academy is up by Cleveland yeah, somewhere. Gilmore Academy, yes. Gilmore Academy by three points. We we won the game. The Canton Timken Trojans won the game. My dad was the head coach. We won the game by three points. I think we were supposed to beat them by like 30. So my dad comes into the locker room. Everybody's cheering, rah, rah. He stands up and says, that's not close to being good enough. So the team goes to break it down. And they used to break it down, one, two, three, pride. Mm-hmm. And my dad stands up and said, you don't deserve pride. That wasn't pride on the field tonight, on the bus. And so how I was raised, Bruce. Yes. If somebody 
brought a game-winning, fumble-recovering football to me in a team that I was favored to by 22 points. What are we doing? Why are we doing that? We played awful. That was my we don't reaction. deserve in a game-winning football. I, that, you know, I'm not saying that's the right way. That's my way. Uh, Michigan, by the way, is off this week. I thought they played. They do not. They are off. They play Wisconsin next week, so I would highly suggest they figure it out. Otherwise, uh, Jonathan Taylor is going to have his way. It's probably a, a good time for the Wolverines to have a bye. Probably is. Uh, you can email the show, Podcast at gmail.com, Podcast at gmail.com. Bill in Coshocton says, uh, the details of the Antonio Brown lawsuit are disturbing. At least his text messages are disturbing. Chris, in your days as a player, did you ever find it difficult to be a teammate of someone whose personal behavior you found reprehensible? You have to be able to put that aside. That's a very good question. That's a good question. I just didn't socialize with them off the field. However, my duty to the team, my responsibility to the team required me to uh, embrace that guy while we were at work. Because if I have to communicate with him, I'm not going to let my personal feelings get in the way of team feelings. So if I'm on the field and I have to make a communication call to him, I'm not going to hold it back because that hurts the team. So uh, I embrace them as a player because they are part of my team. As a person, I didn't socialize with them, and which was fine with me and and back when obviously when i played back when i played you know that old story mm-hmm. there wasn't there wasn't uh texts or tweets or anything like that we, when work was over people went their way i went home you knew a lot less probably about your teammates I'm and that glad probably I made did. it easier to be a teammate i'm glad i did yeah all right uh next email comes from uh, phil in solon guys did you read the article in the atlantic by Jamel Hill, where she advocates black college athletes no longer go to state schools like Ohio State or Michigan and instead go to HBCUs, which I believe stands for Historically Black Colleges and Universities. Uh, I find the idea ridiculous. I find it dumb uh, to uh, use what certainly smacks of or suggests uh, segregation as a solution to uh, any problem does not make any sense to me at all. I don't think she understands economics, uh, and I think it is an enormous ask uh, for athletes who are talented enough to play big-time football to go to Howard Jackson State. And I'm not singling out. I'm just saying if you don't know what a historically black college is, Howard Jackson State, Grambling, Southern, uh, Southern Alabama State, places like that, where uh, they're not on TV. They will not have the facilities. They will not have the uh, all the different things that make uh, life as an Ohio State football player and gear you and get you ready for the National Football League. Now you can say, well, if they all go there, Bruce, then eventually they will end up on TV because that will be the best football. Yes, okay. Even if I agree with that premise, which I'm not sure I do, because A, why are Michigan, Ohio State, and all those schools on TV? Because they have alumni bases who want to watch them on TV. The small schools do not have alumni bases that want to watch them on TV. And so I would quarrel with that premise. But let's say you get there. However long it takes, 10 years, 20 years, whatever, you get there. And on Fox Big Football Saturday, at noon, it's not Ohio State and Indiana. It's Howard and Florida Mm A&M. Okay. So you've asked how many elite black athletes in the time frame between now and whenever that is 
to sacrifice their development as players so they don't have as good a chance to become, oh, I don't know, Ezekiel Elliott, the highest-paid running back in the National Football League, or Michael Thomas, the highest-paid wide receiver in the National Football League. And so I find her solution stupid on every single level, which doesn't surprise me, coming from Jamel Hill, who I knew as a reporter at the Detroit either News or Free Press on Michigan State, uh, I'll just say that I had a lot of respect for a lot of people that I work with. Uh, her work was not one that I had respect for. Um, and I would say this, too. She didn't go to a historically black college. She's working for the Atlantic. She's not working for Black Sports Online. So she's telling athletes to do something that she has not done and is not doing now. Well, that, you know, is uh, the state of uh, politics in certain arenas where we know better than you. I know better than you. She has a point that if all the great black athletes did attend the historical black colleges, that would lift the historical black colleges over time, correct? Yes, over a long time. Yeah, but it would. Maybe it would. But it would. Maybe it would. Well, okay. I think it would. Now, that being said, I'm not taking her side because I don't believe in segregation. If segregation was a part of my life, then I would have missed out on playing with some of the best players in the world and missed out on some great friendships and bonds that I developed over my time. I grew up in a diverse neighborhood. I went to high school in a diverse neighborhood. I went to college at a diverse university. I've been a part of diversity my whole life with the team, and there's nothing greater than diversity when you get to know other people and the cultures and the backgrounds that they come from because it educates you and I educate them. And for her, it would be an insult to the people that fought for civil rights in this country and to defeat segregation. It would be an insult to the sacrifice that they all made so that the opportunities would be beneficial for everybody. And it's... It's sad what she suggested. It's sad. I don't think she thought about the big picture. And more importantly, she's not honoring, in my opinion, the sacrifices that so many people made in the defeat of segregation. Agree totally. All right. Uh, let's end with uh, one uh, an email a little bit lighter. Thank a- you. Amy yeah. in Cleveland. Guys, settle an argument between me and my husband. Uh-oh. I am the best marriage counselor. Oh, here we is. go. Here we go. When you're done being mad, Amy, I'll be downstairs watching Sports Center. Yeah, making a sandwich. And listen to Spielman and Hooley podcast. <laughs> okay. And by the way, give me a TV dinner. So we lost Amy as a listener <laughs> to the podcast. All right. Amy in Cleveland says, sell an argument between me and my husband. He likes to floss his teeth while watching TV with me at night. I say it's gross. He says it's effective time management. Should he loss? <laughs> should he floss? Should he floss in private? Who's right, me or him? Uh, well, I think you know how uh, a judge who owns stock in a company that's before his court has to recuse himself from the case. I think I have to recuse myself from this, Amy, because I have been known to floss my teeth at night while watching. TV with my kids, and my daughters all say, Dad, that's gross. Stop doing that. So maybe it's one of those men are from Mars, women are from Venus things. Uh, I do it, so I guess I have to take his well, side, so I'll recuse myself. I, well, that's, that's a coward's way out. 
I can't I believe, I can't believe you're recused. Okay, I do just it. say that. I don't do say, it. Don't say, I, don't say you yeah, recuse yourself. This gets to a larger issue with women. <laughs> I'm sorry. With, with, with my daughters, if I'm in a bad mood, it affects their day. Yes. Even if I'm in a bad mood about something that has, and it's, I'm never in a bad mood about something that concerns them unless they refuse to do the dishes or something, which you know, rarely happens. Just put the but dishes I'm, on their bed. Put the dirty dishes on their bed and watch them how fast those dishes get done. But I often say to them, I'm like the technology with my new job or whatever, you know, uh, I, my car window broke or whatever. Yeah. It has nothing to do with you. Take I'm upset. Personal. Two things can be true at once. I can be upset and it has nothing to do with you. But they merge those. So, Amy, yeah. the flossing has nothing to do with you or his lack of respect for you. So, just, it has nothing to do with you. So, chill. Let him Here, floss. Here's the thing. Be glad you have a husband with clean teeth. Here, Amy, just do this. Hey, dude, that's so annoying to me. We just have a little respect and go outside the room and floss and come back in here and let's enjoy our program. Probably about My wife, stuff. you know what? That's honesty. Yeah. That, that annoys me. It really annoys me. And it's gross, and have enough respect for me, and do what I ask you to do. Please don't floss in front of me while we're trying to watch TV. For example, when we have soup, my wife eats soup like it's her last meal. It's it's like, I look around and say, I didn't know the dogs were drinking their water in here. What what, Did you put the water bowls in here? And so... And then he sleeps on the now, couch. Now, that being said, I do... Many things that annoy my wife. And the beautiful thing is, hey, really, that it's disgusting. Could you leave? And I say, of course. If it bothers you, I will step out, finish it, come back. I don't take it personal. I don't, and she doesn't take it personal. That's the beauty of it. We don't take it personal. Just be honest with each other. Dude, stop flossing your teeth. Respect me enough not to floss your teeth. Do what I'm asking you to do. I do plenty of things that you ask me to do. Just do what I ask you to do. Amy, at the risk of taking this podcast someplace that it rarely goes, I will just say this and leave it to you to put two and two together. Uh, Chris and I often say with an unruly player, uh, the coach holds the ultimate authority because he controls playing time. (laughs) So uh, figure it out, my dear, and uh, good luck. How do you even go there? I'm just saying. You're you're. That's, good, you're good. insane. I, just, I didn't say I'm it. actually a little bit worried about you <laughs> after that. From flossing teeth to playing I'm time. I'm just saying, yeah. coach, playing time, <laughs> put that all together. Things are interesting out here in Plain City. Ponder that, Amy, <laughs> and uh, let us know if that fixed the problem. Uh, we'll be back with an immediate reaction podcast to the Buckeyes in Indiana on Saturday. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks for joining us, and everybody have a great day.